minutes remaining. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Happy. Today is Thursday, July 28th, 2022. I'm Allison Burns. I'm Lulu Picard. And whether you're waking up or winding down, we want to be there for you. Yes, and you can be there for us by going to Podcast Movement. I mean, that's a big ask. You know, that's a huge ask, actually. But <laughs> if you are a podcaster, we're not just speaking there, but some of our big podcast buddies are like Christoph from I'm Big Deal Pod and also Dan from Focus Right and yeah. Ariel from Earbuds Collective. So if you're a podcaster, it's the place to be. That's right. Speaking of the place to be, there are some people in the world who are refusing to give up the places they be. And uh, <laughs> I'm talking about there are 11 owners that have refused to move. These are the stories of their lives. When authorities come in and say, hey, we're going to build highways. We want to rip down your house. And they're like, nope, we're not selling it. And I thought about this because I rewatched Up the other day. Do you remember oh, yes. that movie? Yes. Best movie ever. Yes. Where you know I man... saw that movie on a first date. Do you know what a oh, bad idea that that's is? That's a terrible idea. It's so sad. The first it's... like five minutes, you're gonna weep your head off. You're gonna weep your head off. Not only that, you feel like you've seen this relationship and where it's gonna go. It's both good and bad. <laughs> like it's not an okay way to spend a first date. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, yeah. 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 So anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, you gotta see up. It is a an animated movie and the whole story in the beginning kind of follows Where are you this. going with this? Are you going to do spoilers? No, no, no. I'm just going to say the beginning, how he, this old man, you know, lives in this, you know, lovely little home him and his wife shared, and he's refusing to sell the home to the man because they want to build high rises and highways. So you have this tiny little shack basically in the middle yes. of these highways. So I was kind of fascinated by that. And I did some research. I was like, are there any other people in the world that this has really happened to? The answer is yes. And there's this whole article about these 11 owners that refuse to move. And they show pictures of these tiny little establishments in the middle of these highways and big, you know, <laughs> it's insane. There's this one lady who, she lives in China, refused to sell her home. Her home is now famous. It is sandwiched in between these two highways. And it is not a big home. Like, I would worry that someone might actually, like, you know, skid off the road, but people now come to look at her home and people say all the time, like, don't you hate the noise and the pollution? She's like, nope, it's my home. I love it. I'm glad to be here. Like she has no problem with it. Good for um, her. Yeah, it's crazy. There's another man and his wife. Uh, they're both 83 years old and they were living in this uh, this home when they wanted to demolish everything to build like these residential condos. And they said, no, no, no. So instead, their little house is sandwiched between these giant condos on both side of, sides of them. That's and they're so like, crazy. yeah, we're just going to stay here. Um, yeah, there's also a home in Seattle. This lady named Edith, she became famous in 2006 when she refused $1 million for her 108-year-old home. One she said, million. Yeah, one million. She said, no, I'm not selling even for a million. So because of that... People literally would come by and just like talk to her. They wanted her story. So all of these giant like five, six, seven, you know, bedroom story houses were built on either side of her. And she had this tiny little house right in the middle. And uh, it was very sweet. So she became a little bit. Um, I think I would give 
my house up for a million dollars. But I'm also not very sentimental. You also haven't been in your house that long. That's true. I've never been anywhere too long. So I think I don't know how to hold on to things like that, you know? Right, right, Like it doesn't mean anything to me. It's, yeah. I mean, I... I like the stories because it's like, yeah, stick it to the man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, my family doesn't have any like family homes. Yeah. You know, my my mom's family. Actually, my mom talks about it because she has a childhood home that she really loved. And, and for some reason, they had to leave. I think the family lost their money and stuff and no. they had to leave. And she talks about it a lot, like growing up at that house. But neither one of my parents had that. When I was born, they, right. we didn't have like a family homestead, and my parents yeah. were in the Air Force. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand it, but it it seems like it seems like a really nice feeling to have. Five minutes oh, remaining. absolutely! I can only imagine also the, you know, kind of the power that you have when someone who is the man can come forward with that type of cash, and and you can look them in the face and say no. Like how powerful you must feel to be like, this is my property. This is my home. The answer is no. I know. But all through that story, all I think about is a million dollars. I know. It's true. I want a million dollars. Yeah. That's life-changing money right there. Oh, especially in China. Oh, absolutely. It's That insane. would be like $3 million here. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Sweet wow. girl. I know. So speaking of sticking it to the man, did you hear... Okay. <laughs> the first female fighter pilot was just assigned to the Navy's Blue Angels. Oh, you know, did you grow up going to air shows? Oh, heck yeah. In yeah, fact, me too. <laughs> when I was uh, 12, 13, 14, so like middle school, high school, we lived the actual like, we didn't have a base to go to in, in uh, I think we were in Washington, and we actually lived on an old Boeing like Air Force Base type thing. It was like where they housed all the Boeing uh, mm-hmm. airplanes. They would do air shows literally in our backyard. Like we had this big hill and all the neighbors would come to our house and they would stand there and we would like watch them demonstrate. Really? That's so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely grew up going to air shows. And I just went to one during the pandemic. I went in 2020. Yeah. To an air show. It's one of the few things we did. We stood outside. I saw the Blue Angels. That's so cool. If you've never seen it, everyone, it's a huge waste of fuel. But it is really <laughs> impressive to see the acrobatics oh, and yeah. the formations. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. To me, it reminds me, I, like, the way I grasp it, how I can't even understand how they're doing this. It's like synchronized swimming to me, but in the air. Yes. Because I'm like, how are you? How do you know where everyone is? You're so together, but you're underwater. We're not supposed to be in this place, and yet you're doing it perfectly. (laughs) It's the same thing with up in the air. I'm like, how are you navigating what's around? It's insane to me. Yeah, Yeah. crazy. Well, this is the first time in 76 years that a female pilot will join its famed Blue Angels demonstration team. Her name is Lieutenant Amanda Stalin Lee, and she's among six other officers that are joining the team for the 2023 air show, and they announced all of this last Monday. 
And Lee got into the Navy in 2007 as an aviation electronics technician and then immediately like ranked up to Admiral Commissioning Program. Don't even know what it is, but so proud of her. And then she received a Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry. And then in 2013, I know, right? So then she became a naval aviator in 2016. And then now she is the first woman. I mean, just amazing. So exciting for her to have that on her resume and to be the first. Like, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I could do it. I think that I would get sick to my stomach with the drops. You think you'd get sick to your stomach? Yeah, because I, I don't do well with, like, quick drops. And even sometimes on planes, I get a little, like, ooh, that seasick feeling. And Does I have to turn it- the air on and blast it on my face. Does it change your idea if you're the one making it happen and you know exactly what to anticipate? Because, you know, because like if you're in a, you know, the difference when you're in a car and you're the one driving. Yeah, with your driving. Yeah. I don't know. I've never thought about that. Uh, I don't think I'll ever know because I'll never fly a plane. (laughs) That's a hard one to figure out (laughs) unless you actually do it. You're right. There's, There's no reason to speculate. There's no way to find out. I Absolutely know. Not. I a mean, simulator. No, because if you got into a G four simulator, and I had all the controls. Yeah, yeah. Like if you went to like for a day, or I don't know how long it takes. Listen, pilots are like that takes years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if you went for a day, could you figure it out? I I feel like there's a simulation something where they can simulate the G's on your body. Yeah. Well, they used to have that. What was the the ride at Disney and you would sit in it and it was like a mission space. Okay, that thing made me sick too. But maybe it's because I didn't have control and you were just sitting there. But I literally was like, I had to talk my th- myself like through it. I was like, that's a tough one. Yeah, it was not good one. for me. I did not yeah. enjoy that. I I don't tend to get sick on rides, but I can tell when they're very intense. Yeah, like. And Nine, I, I'm uh, every eight, time I'm on that ride, I'm like, seven, I bet people are miserable six, right now. Five, <laughs> 100%. Four, three, well, this two, is a great way to end the happy. One.